0: fills the temple when we worship you oh we worship you
1: Today, if you would like to join us in standing as we continue to just enter into a time of worship today, I invite you to do that and just come before the presence of the Lord today.
0: Who else would rocks cry? to Forever This song is forever
2: may be seated. My name is Pastor Billy, and it's a pleasure to be worshiping with you this morning. We're a church on the move, and there are groups out there doing church today that aren't here. We obviously have our people that are joining us virtually. We have the quizzers that are in Ohio, and they're quizzing. There's a lot of them there, and we are lifting up in prayer this morning as they enjoy their time there and uh, use the biblical knowledge and make new friends, so keep them in your, your prayers and, and thoughts as they're over there. We also have our men's retreat is out uh, camping and worshiping with us uh, in spirit today as well. So with all that, there's plenty going on, plenty of ways for you to be involved and to grow and learn together, and we have uh, information in the bulletin and on our website and through various means, so you can hopefully take a look at those things and see ways in which God might lead you be a part of what's going on Uh, with that next week we're going to have church outside and that'll be a fun uh, change of pace for us to do something different so we're looking forward to that and uh, we will it'll be a casual service we'll have uh, some worship and a message and some discussion but with that if you we will have chairs and some awnings for shade provided but if you have some of your own and you'd like to bring that feel free to bring those sort of things and we'll sit Be together outside enjoying the presence of the Holy Spirit. So come for that next uh, Sunday. There won't be, most Sunday schools will not be meeting, correct? So most Sunday schools won't be meeting. Uh, If you are an adult Sunday school class, you might need to double check that and see. But uh, so as we prepare to receive the tithes and offerings in prayer, just as a reminder, we have boxes back there that you can put envelopes in with your physical uh, giving. You can also give online through our website or through texting. So if you have any questions about any of that, the app or anything, please let us know and we will walk you through that. Would you join me in prayer? Dear Lord, as we uh, gather here this morning, it is a privilege to to be gathered as a family of, of God. It's a privilege to be here lifting you up in praise and worship and song. Hearing the message, Lord, I pray that you would continue to show us the blessings that you poured into our lives, continue to show us uh, the ways at which you would continue to work, that we would be in collaboration with the Holy Spirit, Lord, in our life, in everyday things, all the decisions that we make, Lord. You call us to stewardship of all our resources, all our time, all our energy. There's a lot of work to be done in our world there's a lot of brokenness there's a lot of things that that you call us to be a part of lord i pray that we would earnestly seek out your direction in our life i pray for the continued presence in this service as we continue to lift you up in thanksgiving I pray that in your name amen
1: I invite you to stand this morning as we continue to just fall into the arms of jesus today For he is our hope, he is our rescue, he is our strength, and our guide. One of the things that I often talk to my children about is viewing Jesus' time on earth as our pattern. How Jesus lived. And there's a lot of hope in that when you look at Jesus as our pattern to live. This morning, it is our hearts desire that we would worship together. That we would just fall into the arms of Christ and be renewed in His presence and His glory and grace through our worship this morning.
0: How great the chasm that lay between us! How. The mountain I could not climb in desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into. christ my living hope who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom what boundless grace the god of ages stepped down from glory sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven, the King of Kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever, Jesus Christ, my promise your baby began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no In your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Oh God, you are my living hope.
1: So we continue in worship this morning your hearts for prayer. Prepare your hearts to just come before Christ in truth, in love, and honesty before Him as we continue to just seek Him this morning and rest in Him.
0: Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds Thy hands have made. stars. I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul Take it in that on the cross, my birth. my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. When Christ shall come with shouts and acclamation, what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my
1: one more time just with our vocals. Then
0: sings my soul, my Savior.
2: pray together, feel free to find a seat that's comfortable for you, or a position of prayer that you feel comfortable with. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come together because you are great. Because you are great in the ways that you love us. You are great in your power. And Lord, we, uh, the words of that song ring true. We lift you up this morning. And Lord, as we join together, I pray that your presence, your Holy Spirit, would be at work in our lives, Lord. I pray that uh, as we look towards the things that, that we've celebrated these, this past month, the ways we've seen you at work in the church body through the growing of leaders with local licenses, the ways you've been at work in VBS, and the outreach ministries we've done, I pray that each one of us would, would feel a sense of calling discipleship a sense of calling to be both mentor to others and to undertake being mentored by someone there's real power in coming together as a body of Christ to lift each other up to edify one another Lord we see that in children's ministry we see that in teen ministry we see that in adults and primetime ministries we see that in the outreach that we do I pray that we would look at the people in this room look at the people in our community and just have a burden to grow each other and to grow ourselves. Lord, I pray for those, those ministries of outreach, VBS and Pope Francis Haven and, and the things that we're doing there, the various things that we do individually that don't make it in the bulletin, Lord, the ways we serve others, homeless, Northwest Connect, Valley Partners, all those things, Lord. I pray that you would continue to use these people to be a blessing to our community we also keep aware of of the things going on the world There's earthquake in afghanistan there's ukraine is still a problem with refugees and lord all the world turmoil i pray that we would be aware and that we would be involved as you call us to be involved that we would offer our prayers and and anything else that you place on our hearts to give lord uh, we come this morning and we know that there are those that are that are facing trials and tribulations those who are facing health issues or relational conflicts lord we we lift them up this morning we pray for for healing for your healing we know that you love us we know that you are in our lives and so we pray for your touch in what some of us are going through we pray that we as Body Christ would always be willing to surround them with love, to lift each other up in those moments of, of pain and suffering, Lord. We are especially called to be the church body. It Takes a congregation to love a congregation, Lord. I pray that we would be up to that, to make phone calls, to send text messages, cards, swing by. Lord, I pray for your work in this church I pray for the rest of the service that you would be continuing to speak the words to us through the message that Pastor Mark is sharing this morning. I pray that we would be open to change, open to being sanctified, being brought to holiness through the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that that would always be on our hearts and minds. I pray all this in your name. Amen.
3: Good morning again and, and welcome. Uh, if you're a guest with us today or new, my name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm, I'm glad that we can be together today. You know, we've already been reminded through through song, through prayer, through time, that that God is our source of strength and hope and life. And, you know, if, if you've been around the church at all, we kind of say that often, but we need to remind ourselves of that often. We need to be reminded that, that we can't do any of this without God. But thanks be to God we're not alone. Amen. Amen? If you have your Bibles with you today, I'd invite you to join me in 1 Kings chapter 19. As we spend some time this summer in the books of 1st of and 2nd Kings, we're going to be reading a, a section here from, from chapter 19. And so if you're able this morning, I just invite you to stand as we read God's Word today. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, how he had killed all Baal's prophets with the sword. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah with this message, may the gods do whatever they want to me if by this time tomorrow I haven't made your life like the life of one of them. Elijah was terrified. He got up and ran for his life. He arrived at Beersheba in Judah and left his assistant there. He himself went farther on into the desert, a day's journey. He finally sat down under a solitary broom bush. He longed for his own death. It's more than enough, Lord. Take my life because I'm no better than my ancestors. He lay down and slept under the solitary broom brush. Then suddenly a messenger tapped him and said to him, Get up, eat something. Elijah opened his eyes and saw flat bread baked on glowing coals, And a jar of water right by his head. He ate and drank, and then went back to sleep. The Lord's messenger returned a second time and tapped him. Get up, the messenger said. Eat something, because you have a difficult road ahead of you. Elijah got up, ate and drank, and went refreshed by that food for 40 days and nights, until he arrived at Horeb, God's mountain. There he went into a cave and spent the night. The Lord's word came to him and said, why are you here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I've been very passionate for the Lord God of heavenly forces because the Israelites have abandoned your covenant they've torn down your altars and they've murdered your prophets with the sword. I'm the only one left and now they want to take my life too. The Lord said, go out and stand at the mountain before the Lord. The Lord is passing by. A very strong wind tore through the mountains and broke apart the stones before the Lord, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. After the fire, there was a sound, thin, quiet. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his coat. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. If you were with us last week, we were looking at some of the life of King Solomon. Solomon. King Solomon was the third of the kings for all of Israel. This was this was David's son, David like the greatest king ever for Israel. This was his son and Solomon the the wise, wealthy king, but as we came to see his life turned out anything but good. He represented a tyrant more than anything by the end of his life. And from Solomon things just kind of continued to go downhill. One of his sons would would take the throne, and he kind of just continued in the ways of his dad. One of the things he wanted to do is he wanted to kind of gain wealth for himself, so you know what he did? He raised taxes. How many of you like to get your taxes raised? Not very many of you, and neither did they. In fact, so much so that some of the tribes in the north revolted against the king. And they broke away, and what had been one united kingdom became two separate kingdoms. To the north was Israel, and to the south was Judah. We're going to talk a little bit about Israel today, this this northern kingdom that consisted of of, of multiple tribes there. They would come to have their, their capital in a town called Samaria, and the king of of Israel would build two temples where the people in the northern kingdom could go to worship. The reason they did that is because Jerusalem, where the temple was that Solomon had built, was not in the northern kingdom. It was in the southern kingdom. Does that make sense? So the king would build two new temples in the northern kingdom. And you know what the king did? He had a golden calf crafted. To be present in each of the two temples. Now, for some of you, there's like red lights flashing, right? The golden calf, what does that remind us of? It reminds us of, of the story from Exodus when when God's people were, were struggling because Moses was up on the mountain with God and, and and they struggled to believe that God would continue to rescue them. And so they constructed this golden calf and said, This is who rescued us from Egypt. Well, we kind of see this happening all over again here in the Northern Kingdom, but here's one of the greatest parts of this. Even though the people continued to try to trust in themselves and their own abilities, God continued to show them mercy and grace. Even though the people continued to try to do their own thing, God continued to show them mercy and grace. One of the ways that God showed them mercy and grace, this is true for both the northern kingdom and also the southern kingdom, was that God continued to to raise up these prophets who would, would speak to the kings and speak to the people and call them to follow in the ways of God. Some of these prophets are, are, are ones that we, we know their names quite well. People like Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel and others like Joel and Hosea and Amos. But there were several other prophets. One of those we're looking at today, his name is Elijah. And Elijah, we come to realize quite quickly, is, is a miracle worker and a prophet. And Elijah, for most of his time, is kind of going head-to-head with the king of the north. Anybody remember who that king's name, what that king's name is? Ahab. Ahab. Elijah and Ahab are going to head-to-head. And Elijah's also kind of speaking against Ahab's wife, Jezebel, because Ahab and Jezebel have, have instituted idolatry. And they've made the worship of Baal just kind of a big thing. You know, there's, there's one instance after Elijah confronts Ahab when God tells Elijah to kind of get away from there. And so Elijah gets away and God directs him to go to this home of a widow. And when Elijah gets there, he says, hey, I'm hungry. Can you make me something to eat? And this widow says, you know, I was getting ready to use the last of my flour and oil to make one last meal. For myself and for my son. Elijah says, You know, if you would just make me something to eat, God will continue to provide for you until the rains come again and the famine is ended. And so this woman does just that. She makes Elijah something to eat, and guess what happens? Her flour and oil don't run out until the rains fall again. But sometime later, this widow's son dies she reaches out to Elijah and says, did you just rescue me so that I could watch my son die? Why did you do this? So Elijah prays to God and says, God, would you please show this woman that you are the true God? And what happened? Some of you know this story. Okay, none of you know this story. Let me tell you this story. Some of you really do know this story, but God raises this woman's son back to life, right? And she sees that God is God. Now, here's an important thing to realize the woman's son was raised to life. When we talk about Jesus and Easter, we we celebrate the truth that Jesus was not just raised back to life, Jesus was resurrected. How's that? Is that can you hear me through there? That was like one of the best parts of the message, and you all missed it. (laughs) Let's start back at the beginning so we No, but the Jesus wasn't just raised from the dead. Jesus has been resurrected. God raised that boy from the dead, but the boy would die again another time, right? And there's other stories of people who were raised from the dead. But Jesus was raised from the dead, never to die again. Jesus is still alive. That's why we talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? It's a good thing. Well so after after Jesus, or excuse me, after Elijah is is with this widow, then then comes maybe the most well known event of, of Elijah's time as a prophet. It, it's right before the verses that we read, and the verses that we read kind of allude to this. There's God calls Elijah to go and confront King Ahab again, and there's been a, a drought and famine that's been going on for over three years now. And so Elijah says, you know what? Let's just just end this once and for all. Let's decide who is really God. Is it Yahweh or is it the gods of Baal or these other gods? We're going to have this little showdown and whichever God proves to be true, that's the God that we will worship. Here's how it's going to work. Each of us will select or or will get a, Excuse me, we'll, we'll get a, a, a bowl to sacrifice, and there'll be wood, and then we can set up our sacrifice and cry out to our God, And whosoever God consumes the sacrifice in fire, we will know that that's the true God. And so there's these 450 prophets of Baal, and, and they, they set their sacrifice up, and they, and they place the bowl on there, and they, they begin to cry out to their gods. And, and they begin to cry out. They're cutting themselves, and they start, you know, dancing around and trying to get the attention of their gods. Now, First Kings doesn't say it happens this way, but I kind of like to imagine that Elijah's kind of sitting off on the side, watching them do this, eating popcorn, and just having a good time. And I can just like, you know, envision Elijah saying, oh, you know, Here's the, you guys aren't dancing right. You need to kind of, you know, do it differently or something like that. I probably shouldn't do that. Um, and he goes on and then he starts to taunt them. He's like, how come your God's not hearing you? Is your God busy texting or something? Is your, is your God at hoop fest? Is, is your God in the bathroom? Is your God sleeping? What's, what's going on here? Well, eventually, they've tried for hours and nothing happens. And so, now it's Elijah's turn. And Elijah places the bull on the altar. The first thing he does is he actually, he gathers 12 stones to build this altar. 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Even though at this point, the people of Israel had been separated into these two kingdoms, that was never God's intention. God's intention was for them to be one people. So he builds this altar and sets a sacrifice there. And then he he digs this trench around the altar. And three different times, he has people fill these jars with water and pour it over the sacrifice. So the sacrifice is soaked and the trench is full of water. And then Elijah cries out to God and he says, God, show these people that you are the true God so that they might turn from their ways and believe. And you know what happens this fire comes down from heaven. And it tells us that it consumed the sacrifice and it consumed the wood and it consumed the stones and it consumed the dust and it consumed the water. It's this incredible demonstration that God is really God. And then there's this part where where Elijah goes to Ahab and says, Ahab, let's celebrate. We know who the true God is. And so let's celebrate. And not only let's celebrate, but God who consumed that sacrifice is going to make it rain again. So let's celebrate. And then Elijah goes up on this hillside and in the distance, he sees this little cloud. That little cloud soon turns into very dark clouds. And after three years of drought, just these torrents of rain begin to fall. Meanwhile, King Ahab has been returning on his chariot back to his, his palace. And then it tells us that Elijah, strengthened by the Lord, starts to run. And he actually overtakes and passes Ahab in his chariot. This incredible story, right? Why do I tell us all of that? Because so far in 1 Kings, we've seen that Elijah is a miracle worker. We see that Elijah is a prophet of God, that Elijah is not afraid to go toe to toe with the king of Israel. He's not afraid to call out the king's sins. And here's Elijah who, who calls down this fire from heaven and then even outruns a chariot. But by the time we get to chapter 19, Elijah's afraid and he's scared and he's wondering how he can get out of this mess. In fact, he's so afraid, and he's so scared, he just, he just wishes that he could die. I mean, how do we get from the Elijah we see before that to this Elijah, right? There's a huge change, like it, it's not really supposed to work out this way, and why, why such a change? We don't know why, it doesn't tell us why. But you know, as I think about this too, I'm, I'm just kind of reminded, any of you ever find yourselves afraid? Ever find yourselves scared or uncertain? Not sure if God's going to act again? It's okay to feel that way. It's okay to have those questions and those doubts. I mean, we see that right here in the life of Elijah. And we see that in a lot of other places as well. And God is with us in those moments, and God is with you in those moments. Well, in our passage, it tells us that Elijah is is summoned and is fed and journeys for 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of Horeb. 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of Horeb. And then Elijah says, God, I've been faithful to you, and I've been faithful to your calling, but your people continue to turn their backs against you. And I don't know what else to do. Does this sound at all familiar to any of you? You know, Horeb is also known as Sinai. Sinai is the mountain that Moses went up on after God had rescued his people from Egypt. And in Exodus, it tells us that Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain of God. And while Moses was on the mountain of God, that that the mountain was surrounded by clouds and it appeared like fire as God met with Moses there on the mountain. Well, at the end of that 40 days and 40 nights, God's people kind of said, yeah, you know, God rescued us from Egypt, but we're not really sure if we can trust God. That's when they actually built that golden calf. And Moses cries out to God and Moses says, God, God, Like, do you see what your people are doing? Your your people are turning against you. And there's this whole confrontation there. But then God says, Moses, I'm going to send you on. And I'm going to send my people on. But I can't go with you. And Moses cries out to God. And Moses says, listen, God, if you don't go with us, there's no point in us going at all. And God agrees. And God says, okay, I will go with you. And then Moses says something kind of audacious. Moses says, God... I need to know for sure that you're going with us. So I want to see you. And God says, I'll tell you what, Moses. There's this place up here on the mountain, and I'll place you in the cleft of the rock. And I'll put my hand on your back. And as I pass by, I will say my name. But I won't remove my hand until I've passed by because no one can see my face and live. How many of you familiar with that story? There's so many parallels here as we think about Elijah, 40 days and 40 nights, he goes to Mount Horeb, the Mount of Sinai, the place where Moses met with God. Similar situation, God's people have turned their backs and Elijah's like, God, I don't know what to do. And so what is it that we read that, that God says, God, God says, go stand by the mountain because I'm going to pass by. So what do you think Elijah's thinking at this point in time? Elijah's probably thinking of how God showed up for Moses, and Elijah's probably thinking that when Moses was meeting with God, that that there was clouds and fire and this this voice of God as God passed by. And it tells us that Elijah was there on the mountain and that there was this wind, this wind so powerful that the wind broke rocks apart, but God was not in the wind, And there was an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. And there was a fire, but God was not in the fire. All these ways that God has shown up before, and yet God's not in any of these ways this time. But then it tells us that there was silence. And the very last part of a verse I read said, Moses covered his face or excuse me, Elijah covered his face. Elijah recognized that God was present in that silence. Now, this is a great story, but this is more than just a great story. We see some incredible things happening here. You know, I shared earlier the story of Elijah and that widow, where God used Elijah to help that widow realize that in in this moment of fear and doubt when she was afraid of death that God would provide. And here's Elijah in a similar place. Elijah's made it to the end of his rope. He, He can't imagine how he could go any farther, how life can go on. And when he finds himself at the end of the rope, who does he find in that place? God. God is there. When Elijah finds himself in a place where he can't imagine any way forward, God is already present in that place. But the other thing, though, that we realize is that God shows up differently. When Elijah needs God the most, God doesn't show up in the ways that God has shown up in Elijah's life in the past. And when Elijah needs God the most, God doesn't show up in sort of this this sort of template that we see through Moses, God shows up in a very different way. And yet, Elijah recognizes that. You know, as I was thinking about that, I, I, was, I was thinking of the fact that, you know, we believe that God is present and that God is, is with us and that God is showing up. But that doesn't mean that God is in every single thing that we see. And we got to be careful sometimes that we don't put God in places where we want God to be. We have to make sure that we recognize God in the places where God is. Does that make sense? Sometimes it's easy for us to try to put God in the places where we want God instead of searching for God there. And how is it, how is it that Elijah was able to recognize God when God showed up in a way for him that God never had before? I think that's a good question. How how do we, how do we get to this place? Well, I think the the way that Elijah was able to recognize God in a new way is because Elijah had been in communion with God in the familiar ways. And being in communion with God in the familiar ways prepared him to encounter God in a new way. You know, I've, I've heard this talked about before when it comes to jazz music, and I am not a musician. But I'm told that if you play jazz, that in learning to play jazz, you have to learn some sort of regular ways in which it works. There's certain structures, there's certain patterns, there's certain musical things that go with that. But once you understand the basics, then there's a lot of freedom. And that's one of the things that people who appreciate jazz appreciate is, is the freedom that happens in it. But, but you can never do that until you understand the ways it works out. Jared was nodding his head a minute ago, so I think I'm somewhat in the right direction here with this. Similar to that idea, the ways in which we learn to see where God is is by paying attention to God in the familiar. You know, we learn to identify God in new places when we've spent time with God in prayer, we learn to identify God in unexpected places when we've spent time with God in scripture. We learn to see God in places we never could have imagined when we've regularly participated with the body of Christ together in things like this, like corporate worship. Does that make sense? It's those practice of those rhythms that help us to see God when God shows up in the ways and places that we never could have imagined. And one of the reasons I think that God shows up differently for Elijah here in this place is because God is calling Elijah to something different. So far, God has been working through Elijah to do things, but God is preparing to ask Elijah to pass on this mantle of leadership to somebody else. And God is going to continue to work through somebody else. So God shows up to Elijah in a new way to prepare Elijah for a new task. You know, as I think about where we find ourselves today, You know, we find ourselves in a world that kind of almost seems unrecognizable compared to the world we've known for so long. And even within the life of the church, even in the life of the church today, it seems sometimes unrecognizable to the church that some of us grew up in, right? You with me there? And sometimes it can be easy for us to only look for God to show up in the ways that God has shown up before. And God could show up in those ways once again, but God could also show up in ways we've never experienced God before, right? And I don't know about you, but I want to see God show up however God shows up. And I'm confident that God is not finished working in and through the church today. And I'm confident that even though the world might seem unrecognizable, even though sometimes the church might seem unrecognizable, that God is still at work doing what God does and calling people to experience life abundantly. Amen? So my prayer for you and me is that we would lean into those familiar ways so that we could be sensitive and open to the new ways. So that we can join in what it is that God is doing in us and through us, even when it may not make sense to us. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much that you are a God who is faithful and who is with us. And Lord, even in those times when we get to the place where we can't imagine how to go on, Lord, we know that you are already there ahead of us. So God, I pray that you would help us to walk in faith. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear where you are working. So, God, would you help us to stay committed to the familiar ways and humble enough and sensitive enough to see the new ways. Lord, we gather here today because we love you, but also because we need you. And God, today as we come before you as individuals, but also as a congregation, Lord, we just want to be used by you. We want to see you work in fresh and new ways. So God, today we offer ourselves to you for those purposes. God, we love you today and we worship your holy name. Amen.
1: Would you stand this morning as we continue to just worship our holy God today?